Welcome listeners to Sleep, Eat, Perform and Repeat. This is a podcast on high performance. It will be presented by myself, David Clancy, and my two co-hosts, Connor Gavin and Kieran Dunn. What we're striving to achieve here is figure out what makes high-performing individuals tick, why they do what they do, and why are they successful. Rate and review, share with your friends, but most importantly, enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to our next episode in our Rugby World Cup series in association with the Limerick Leaders. So today we are talking to Lindsay Peat, professional rugby player with Ireland and also former Ireland basketball international as well as a Dublin GA player and All-Ireland winner. So we speak to Lindsay about her career to date and her journey through different sports, the skills she's acquired over the years when transitioning into a new environment. We talk about striking the balance between family and being a professional athlete. We talk about the common characteristics that she has seen in high performers in different sports. We also chat about what she would like her legacy to be. So if you'd like any more info on this episode or any of our other episodes, just check out our website on sleepbeatperformrepeat.com and hope you enjoy this episode. So hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Sleep Beat Perform Repeat. Today we're sitting down with uh, Lindsay Peat plus one other very special guest who I will let David introduce to you now. Barra, welcome to the table. Lindsay, thanks very much for coming in today. Obviously, you are an all-around sportswoman that has excelled across so many sports for a long time, having played soccer under 18 for Ireland, blossomed as a basketball player, you know, which you would say has helped you really evolve into the sportswoman you are today because you obviously won in All-Ireland for Dublin, played inter-county for years, and of course playing for Ireland as a rugby player, 2017 Women's Irish Player of the Year, and obviously played in three Six Nations, played in the Rugby World Cup 2017. So you've succeeded in a very high-performing environment for quite some time. So that's why we're here today to learn a little bit about how you've come to where you are today. So how's life? Life is good. Thanks very much for having me, first of all. And thanks for letting the B-man come in with me. Um, Yeah, it's been an epic journey, to be honest. Um, It's quite embarrassing when you read out a couple of stuff there because... I suppose by right and I, I know there was a comment made like if I was a man would I have would I have excelled in all them maybe not maybe so um but the other times I have to remind myself that it is um an un- unbelievable story that I still have to pinch myself and and can't believe myself you know that I've been involved in with such amazing athletes and amazing coaches and amazing setups that have really you know impacted me on this journey so far in my life and they've all been positive and if there's been any negativity you learn you know and it's never negative it's like learning's always can you know misconstrued as being negative and um, mistakes are good some mistakes in life are more detrimental than others but as long as you take learning from them and going forward try not make them again and especially in sport you know especially i suppose on a rugby level being thrown really in at the deep end trying to I think two years before a World Cup having my first cap and probably only having five league games under my belt I was certainly um, thrown into the deep end and it's sink or swim and it was tough at times um, but you know I kept saying I'm supposed that competitive nature not wanting to be that one who makes the mistakes you sort of drive on and, and I had good people behind me Ada Sheegan took me under her wing um, Claire Malloy I was there with my teammates um, Cleena Maloney Kira Cooney we were in the same boat but they had been further ahead on a club sense and a lot more rugby behind them um, so you're not afraid to be vulnerable and ask questions and, mm. and say oh, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing here 
help me. <laughs> you know. That's very funny. I just actually finished a book called The Culture Code, Daniel Coyle, and um, he talks a lot about vulnerability and openness, and that's kind of how the Navy SEALs as an organization excel because they share their vulnerability when they do an operation and it doesn't always work to plan. And yeah. they break it down and they put in red units that pick it apart and try to evolve and grow from there and kind of how can we get better? How yeah. can we construct ourselves to get better? Now you've you've been on quite some journey, right? And you're still yeah. going. So what are, what are the kind of skills that you've acquired and learned through the years, obviously besides your work ethic and drive, that have helped you keep on excelling across so many different sports at different levels, being accelerated into rugby so quickly and managing to do it. How, how did you manage to do all that? I think it goes back to, to being vulnerable and stripping yourself back and sort of saying to yourself, well, what do I bring to this team? What what have they seen in me? Which sometimes as an Irish culture from very being raised in more the old school environment where, you know, we're not too afraid with giving compliments because we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So it's hard actually to it's definitely harder for me to look at the positives of what i bring but it's certainly easier for me to look back and say okay if i was playing against me now what would i pick apart what would be that one weak point that i'd look at mm-hmm. even with gaa when i started initially grand i brought an athleticism and a speed and a strength but i'd have to use my nearly bounce first to then accelerate to have time to have my solo which was very high so as defenders, with someone who's a very high solo, they'd probably try and slow me, mm. make me do take that solo, and then put in the hand because mm. it was if if so high it was much easier, you know. Plus I was bigger, um, I never went down an awful lot with with backs, so um, to my detriment. So it was about putting myself outside of me and looking in, and if I was the opponent, how would I take down Lindsay Pete? How would I look at her as a weakness as a team, as an individual, and attack that? And then you have to now go back and work on the, on those vulnerable and weaknesses, those weak areas. And so all that you could bring, you had to keep working on and make sure you brought them, but you just had to work harder. And I always made sure as much as it really would upset you and put you on the back foot, I'd always try and pick the best player to pitch against. So if we're doing tackling, like I want to be against Keira Griffin because she matches me. She's so low in her technique. She's excellent. Claire Malloy, I want to be against a back row because I want my feet to be better as a prop. Um, you know, you don't want to just be in a comfort zone. You want to push yourself outside the comfort zone because you're never going to get better. So I go into the gym, can you, am I bench pressing just to bench press or am I bench pressing to be more accelerated and more explosive? Yeah. So it's about those improvement levels. And I said, looking at where the weaknesses are, where you can improve and just pushing yourself outside the comfort zone. And sometimes I feel weak when I'm going into a job interview, but yeah, I've gone in so many times to different teams, to people I don't know who probably ask so many questions of me. And though I've been nervous, I've been able to know that I can bring something or I can work hard and just shut my mouth and try to prove them wrong through, through actions rather than words. And that's where I probably I struggle in work interviews because I don't get that time to action. Yeah. You know, whereas sport, I've been able to, to action and, and, you know, not have to say anything, but at least the actions speak louder than words, as the cliche says. Okay. So if you are going into these new environments, say you've moved into basketball for the first time or then Gaelic football or then rugby, and you're saying you're working on your own, picking apart your own weaknesses and trying to develop yeah. them and go against the best players. It seems like a very, which is a good thing, an intrinsic approach, but did you ever 
kind of look at going right well I'm playing rugby for the first time that's the player I want to model myself on I want to try and model their game or did you solely just really focus on yourself and the development of your own skills no it has to be a combination like um, when I came in Ayla Sheegan was our tight head um, yeah. she's absolutely world class um, she's explosive she was mobile her scrummaging was excellent her knowledge of the game was excellent um, passing she had every attribute that I wanted to be and especially I suppose coming from um, sports where I was a bit more a bigger part and that's probably not offensive because when you come to rugby sometimes you're just newly labelled oh just a prop or you're a flank and you have these specific jobs but I suppose on many levels I looked at Eilish for what she brought and wanted to bring my athleticism and my, my mobility and, and any athleticism I had as a strength but then to look at her game sense her scrummaging which when I first went into a scrum, I was like, why would, I hate this. Why would people actually put themselves through this? Yeah, I was so much stronger in, in a lot of the teams that I played with previously. Yeah. So and I was like, oh my God, grow up. Do you know, we can do this. Remember, it's not about strength, it's about technique. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you forget that because it's, you know, it's nearly like, oh, I'm stronger than you, but it's not. Yeah. And that's exactly what rugby is. It's it's so much more an intellectual game as combined with the physical side. It's, it's actually, fascinating sport on, on a lot of levels no I like there how you've talked a little bit about intellectual properties because obviously physically that's what a lot of people talk about when they talk about rugby the physicality of it the brutality of it the gym the conditioning yeah. but in terms of mental preparation and mindset how do you focus yourself for going into a position where there's a lot of a lot of attrition a lot of violence you know you're at the, you're at the front row you're in the thick of it you're in the trenches how do you kind of mentally prepare yourself considering you've got things at home yeah. you need to look after. What kind of skills or, or tools do you use mentally to help you deal with all that? That's probably a good one because sometimes I suppose my wife, Claire, if I'm really immersed in it, like I'm sometimes... It's very important that we obviously look at go-jetters as well and pick up anything. But um, for sometimes I'm not present. So that's a very hard um, balance act for me, especially as having a wife and a child. So when I'm home, I need to be Lindsay the partner and, and Lindsay the mom yeah. when I'm then the rugby player. So that's hard because I have video work to do. I have, like at the minute, like we haven't done enough live scrums. So I feel it's definitely a weak area for me. I need to be repping that out, uh, going over videos and looking at last week's game against Connacht. How was I, how can I improve? How can I add to the squad? What were my lineouts like? What were my rooks like? Yeah. So it's a combination because especially as a front row, you need to be setting the tone. You need to be the aggressor, yeah. but then you can't be too aggressive that you're getting a yellow card or you're starting something. You've your job to do. If you're not doing those key jobs and they're very, you know, you can't specify enough or hone in enough how important small little things are in rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, how you're aligning off your nine, how you're aligning off your 10. If there's too many of us going to a rook, like last week, there was we were like blue smurfs, I'll be honest. I said this openly to the lads in a video review on Monday. We actually hindered our Nile, you know, for us to, to get quick ball. You know, we don't want to be, you know, connect we're gonna bring strength and and in key areas, especially their break, you know, their breakdown, their scrum, they're a lot larger pack than we were. So do you wanna be a middleweight boxer going against the heavyweight? going pound for pound punching. No, you probably want to move them around the ring, wear them out and then start to, yeah. to use your caliber. And we didn't do that last week. So how do you prepare? 
relisting your jobs like what were my jobs going over video did I take all them jobs and then the fancy stuff that the backs do that are just as important you can't get involved in that until your job is done <laughs> you know and you as much as you want to play that the fancy stuff if if the job isn't done you're giving them nothing and the team does not it doesn't work it doesn't function without the the stuff we probably look menial menially on but it's it's the foundation of any game, whether it's GA, whether it's basketball, whether it's soccer. If you're not passing the ball well, if you're not minding the basketball, if you're not keeping possession, if you're not running through your plays, if you're not talking on help defense, or your position is poor, you're going to be caught. So the same in rugby, if the the basics aren't looked after and we're not retaining the ball, then it's game over because and you'll allow any team to play. So I find it a tough, a tough, a tougher. It's a toughest sport for all that I've to cover. Mm. and all that I have to be good at and I, you're constantly thinking you really can't switch off you're never there's always a job to be done in it so it's probably been the most physical the fittest I've have to been it's a very different fitness when it's totally collision rugby you know you're now really putting pressure on your muscles um, to just go and rep out again and again so um, I found it that I certainly cannot switch off in this sense yeah um, even I used to room with your fabulous sister Rachel Rachel would sleep and I would never switch off you know but it was my time to switch into Lindsay mode and go over everything I had to do in a basketball sense when we were going into an international um, and I don't get to do that as much and I find that difficult because I need to be present when I'm home but then I don't want to yeah. undermine the importance if I've been given a role or I've been handed that number one jersey to start I have a role to do and I am just as important and I can't undermine someone who's start. I can't I have to that job has to be done and I have to be at 100% and I have to cover every facet that I have to cover as that player yeah. and that's the professional side um, and that's hard because you're still amateur yeah I know do you know and I hate to brandish that around but that's when we talk about professional, you know, it always comes into money. Yeah, obviously you need money to live, but it's the recovery. It's the time to do your feedback, your reviews, your self-review, your team review. Um, like, we'll be constantly on the phone. Like, I tr- tried to ring one of my teammates on the way in because I felt I was a bit of an absolute a-hole last night at training. Not because of her, because of me, because I wasn't doing my job and I was frustrated in my own head. Do you know, so the dynamics you bring on a personal level... Um, can be tough and it's you're constantly in your own head you're constantly reviewing yourself giving yourself a hard time yeah i certainly give my i'd rather as said i always pick away the work cons rather than things i've done well because you're now ne- i'm never satisfied from your <laughs> Very good point and stay hydrated. No? Yes, on top absolutely. Of <laughs> so you've played obviously at a very, very, very high level in a couple of different sports. So if you take out the the technical and the tactical differences between the sports, yeah. what would you say are the kind of common characteristics between the people who are really successful within an elite environment versus the ones who are just just not kind of making up the numbers? Obviously, they're very successful to make it, but the real top end performers, do they share any common characteristics? Yes, they're they're hungry 24 7 it's like an addiction to reach a goal that's always going to be out of reach if that makes sense so again we're coming back to pushing yourself outside the boundaries never being satisfied that you're good you don't want to be good you want to be great you want to be perfect you want to be number one um i had that conversation with adam griggs on our our sort of 
post um, review of the Six Nations last year, like um, that's where I probably you know was openly frustrated about where we were at collectively because I don't want us to just like it sort of comes back to Conor McGregor. And whatever your opinion is of him, we're not here to take part. Um, you always want to be striving to take over, and that's where common people where I have really connected with we have that same drive that we're ruthless there's you know everything will be sacrificed like I certainly have sacrificed a career and put that in the second best and I've put everything behind because sport is always taken number one um, I cannot function if I miss a training session or a gym session like that will absolutely I'll be nearly antsy until I get that yeah. um, you're constantly talking about how we can be better what can we do? You're contacting the people. And that anyone, Denise Maston, Neve McAvoy, Rachel Clancy, you know, putting yourselves outside the comfort zone, trying to get on scholarships to the States, trying to do extra one-on-one stuff. Um, we used to meet Denise's dad um, for, he used to take us for goalkeeping. We'd arrive early because Clean O'Connor would be working on her goalkeeping, but we'd be working on shooting. So whether it was penalties, shot stopping, um, I used to try and take it out from the goal, work on my solo. Um, always try to work on my left foot like this mind boggles me when we only um, Mick Bone actually asked me in a fundraiser last year what did you what did you notice about the team and I said well I'll tell you what uh, we all have a left foot now so we're not only that one dimensional like Sinead O'Hearn one of the best forwards in the country mm-hmm. can now not only shoot and be 90% success rate with her right foot now she's dummying on her right turning down and she's gone on her left so you're always unpredictable yeah. you have every skill covered so a defender doesn't know they're turned inside out we've seen him with Conor Callahan yeah do you know what what a finish for, for his goals and Lee Keegan is one of the best defenders so again that's just that's not he's not he is magic and he's such an athlete but it also just doesn't come he works and he's worked hard he's a dual star he's done these things since he's seven but he's continuously repped them out um, and especially now I suppose with rugby Basketball and football probably had that transfer of, of skills. Rugby was so new because of the intellectual side. Even how the passing, you know, I'm always passing forward with basketball or with football. Now I'm now having to work on my core, keep my hips square, and now, now I have to pass backwards. And the amount of times I have to work on my pass all the time because it's, I'm so trained with, it's muscle memory for basketball and football, and now I have no muscle memory because yeah. rugby is so new. I only took it up to 35. So, but again, that's where I'm like, why not to be better? Yeah. You know, I look at Sarah Byrne in England, and yeah, she played under 18, she played under 20. Does that still want to stop me? No, I still want to try and beat her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the common goal with everyone. Any of the top athletes I've met, they never, they're never happy, they're never satisfied. There's always a drive, gotta be better. Could I play in better teams? Like now with a couple of their girls, they've gone to England. It's not ideal for us. But if I was the same age, in the same situation as them, would I go? Yeah, because I want to go toe-to-toe with the best. Yeah. You know, I want to train with the best week in, week out. And now when you come back to other levels, you're either matching at an international level or you might be playing lesser teams and you feel far superior. Mm. You know, that way, because you've trained at a higher level. It's a bit like Katie Taylor training with the boys. Is she going to meet a woman as, as a female boxer as quick as 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 Paddy Barnes right now? No, because she's trained now at a, a higher speed, yeah. um, and I think that has had a huge contributing factor to the success she's had. You know, going to the states, making a better better 
better for herself and always trying to push outside the box sacrificing her life here and her relationships here um sacrifice is the wrong word because i remember talking to valerie mckay about this and um she said Eamon ryan said it's never a sacrifice it's a choice you want to do for yourself because you enjoy it and that is true yeah um other people probably see it as a sacrifice yeah and they i don't feel a lot of the time they get it elite athletes elite teams they get it but people who haven't been at that level or don't want to be in or haven't haven't experienced it or have experienced and haven't liked it don't understand why we put everything on the back foot I had um, a call with a fellow called Michael Gervais last week who works for Seahawks and does a lot of work on finding mastery and excellence who talks about flow yep. a fellow called Stephen Kotler and I was asked a really difficult question when, you know, David have you ever experienced those points professionally as a player or in your career when you were in the zone in the flow when you weren't thinking and it was all easy and it was automatic and you were just knocking on every shot yeah so Lindsay can you think of instances when you've been in the flow in the present everything's dropping for you and how did you get there kind of what habits got you to that point and have you been able to get there a lot it was a difficult question for me to answer I think it's an amazing question because um We've spoke about people not understanding elite sport, and I've tried to relate it nearly at times to probably that nearly it's nearly on an addiction level at times to for people to understand. Um, I'll never forget one of my proudest moments in an Irish basketball jersey. I scored twenty seven points against Iceland. Now I mean I could not. This is my height. I played top club level. Um, I had outstanding games across the board. Cup finals, MVPs. Defensive player of the year, player of the year. Like, this is a me gloating. This is me going, okay, I must have done something. You know, I must have had a consistent season to read them. But this particular day against Iceland, I was scoring, I scored five trees in a row or something crazy or three or four yeah. trees in a row. And like, I wasn't a consistent shooter yeah. by no stretch of your imagination. Yeah. That was Rachel's job. Yeah. I was just getting the ball to Rachel and she'd knock it down. Yeah, Whereas this day, I was like invincible, like nothing. I couldn't have missed my pass and everything. And yeah, that's when you say the flow, like I was untouchable that day. So why and how did you get there? How can you not get there all the time? Why can't we always play? How can Lindsay score 27 points every time? I don't know whether, so the funny thing is what Lindsay's figured out and as you go along, you're trying to always, you know, surmise your personality and why things happen, why things don't. I was very fiery underage, never made an underage setup, never made underage, though I played underage soccer, it was a little bit different, um, but on an aggressive level and my personality, excuse me, I was definitely an easy target to really rise. And I know Neve Dwyer did it one time to me, I've had many people do it and that was me. So Lindsay would get into her own head and think that Lindsay had to be grumpy and very intense and, you know, to concentrate because that was me. Narcissistic, it was always about me. However, Mark Ingall said to me one day, when you're happy, the team are happy. When you're in bad form, the team are in bad form. I felt like saying that was, that's really mean now to put that responsibility on me. So I didn't, I was annoyed at him that day. And then the next day I said, right, I'm going to sort of do, I'm going to, we'll do an experiment now and I'm going to see how it goes. And he was right. When Lindsay was relaxed, the team were relaxed. And that not wasn't necessarily on an Irish level, it's definitely on a club level. Mm. Probably at Ireland level, I maybe felt I felt pressure to perform around the absolutely 
world-class athletes that I was around. But I probably felt less pressure the more they trusted me. So the more that they understood me and they hated me when I arrived. Michelle Fahey clearly said to me, I did not like you, you tried to hurt me. And I was like, well, I didn't try and hurt you. You weren't on my team. You weren't in the same jersey. That's how black and white I view this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in the same jersey as me, we're teammates. Yeah. I have your back. If you're not in that jersey, you're not in that category. Yeah. And yeah. there is no, you know. The, no in between. No, it's very black and white for me. However, she's gone on to be one of my best friends. She's an amazing woman, but to have her validate that relationship and trust me and have a turnaround of opinion um, and know that I was I had them having my back and I had other players that were there to do the scoring or, you know we could spread it around that not, again not to take away from my club team that was very different because that was my community it's where I was played since I was 16 so it was a much more emotional connection when you're playing for your country it's absolutely emotional but I had other players that were of higher calibre and higher class than me. So I can only think that I had put in the work, like I hadn't played underage when I got my opportunity to play for Ireland. The pressure I felt was that I had to justify Maeve Coleman's selection for me. And I built on that confidence. And the more the coaches trusted me and I got that confidence from those around me, I think that's when I hit the flow. Um, players saying, take that shot, great shot. Yeah. Left open, okay, I can do it. And you're more concentrated and you don't want to let anybody down. and. So yeah, that that's definitely one flow moment that I had. Um, another league game with, with Dublin against Leeds. Part of me probably, again, didn't know the girls too well at that stage and I just played. I had no emotional connection. I had no thought presses. I wasn't in my own head. I think I scored two goals in the point that day. Um, all Ireland final 2014, I was relaxed. I was happy 2010, I was relaxed, I was happy. Probably because I was less with Dublin and didn't have, again, it's it's not to take away the value of that jersey or what Dublin mean, football means to me, but I probably other players who have been there longer and had that the same emotional connection on a club level for basketball mm. that I had. So you're you're even deeper in your own head because yeah. you certainly don't want to, to do wrong by the jersey. Whereas at this stage, I was only new in and I was just happy to do the simple things right probably by doing the simple things and not having too much of a focus or not. Do you know what? Not worrying about the consequence. Yeah. I didn't have that much of, of thinking about the consequence. And sometimes instead of thinking about the process, we we go ahead to the results and the consequence if we don't play well. Yeah. But we're in a team basis, so it's not solely on one player. Yeah, you play a large part of that, but you can't focus on the the after because you're going to miss out on the process. Yeah. So anytime I was in the flow was probably that I was relaxed and I hadn't thought too much about the outcome. That's just exactly how they tried to define it. So yeah. Yeah. Well there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Slightly opposite to a flow moment. Yeah. What would you say has been the, the biggest obstacle in your career today across any of the sports? So it could be in one particular game, it could be across a couple of months. What would you have viewed as that was the biggest challenge I faced and I overcame it? Uh, I suppose maybe I never really felt I played well against Cork. Um, this seemed to be an Achilles heel across all teams, to be honest. We never played well against Cork teams in yeah. basketball either. Um, yeah, <laughs> whatever it is, and I, ha I do have that scar on my thigh. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think they're great people, but as a sporting nation, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think 2014, maybe to get the two goals I got. But again, it's there's no point... 
they don't mean anything to me because we didn't win. Yeah. You know, so when I bring them up, it's just a case of, I felt like, okay, I've done something here that I've never done before against Cork. I barely get a point. I barely get the ball when I've played Cork before, you know, yes. that way. And yeah. um, I suppose there were glimpses of times where that was the only moment I felt, oh God, I actually had some input in the game, but they were probably the biggest obstacle. Yeah. On a mental level and and you know physically because any time I played I was against Breedstack or Angela Walsh who were like all stars and yeah. um, I was fairly new fish to the pond um, and it really honed in on my skills mm. and like they were just you know streets ahead and again your game understanding and and they they definitely had that step ahead of me so. That was a huge obstacle when we played Glenmore all the time with basketball. I don't know what it was. We never showed up to play. Except for one year, I think we went to triple overtime against them. And we eventually lost with a, a three point from the corner. Um, yeah, probably my biggest obstacle has been court, court yeah. teams. Court teams, court really. Even me individually, I don't think I even showed up for some of those games. Um, did we beat, I'm trying to think who we beat. We beat them in the cup final, actually. Huh? Leader on the court, the point guard. The leader, yeah. And I did feel that responsibility and probably again going into my own head and thinking if I don't play well. Yeah. Well, just actually, and that's where I try now, even in rugby, I'm like, I try and say to my nine, um, if you can, try get me on the ball early because then it's confidence. It's just even a catch, a nice carry, something yeah. simple, something easy. And it sets the mind at ease. And that was the same thing with basketball. I was trying to say, you don't have to be, I'd be so intense the warm up, I'd be bloody dead by the time the game came. Yeah. It's like, no, I have to be sharp now. No, you don't actually have to be sharp now. Yeah. You can just do the simple things right and start to build easily. Like, just do your job. Like, so stay in front of your defender, stay in front of Neve Don't help too much off her because she's a good shooter. Do you know that way? So you have to know your personnel and you have to know yourself don't try and force the game the game sometimes has to come to you and that's the hardest thing to understand about yourself and yeah, yeah I say here is to rotate you're all nearly cynical because if I knew this now during my playing career but again they're the mistakes you learn from yeah Um, and if anything now that's what I try and do is just trying to get a good warm up but not go try 90 miles an hour because I'm not winning the game in the warm up I just need to get my you know my eye in my hands in and just ease into it then and same thing don't do anything fancy just do your job do the simple things and then if anything comes to you that you can have a mismatch you know with a winger because you're left out after a snap back you know onto the blind well take that opportunity you know don't try and create opportunities see what yeah you want to create them but it's when they come to you do the smart thing exactly you know it's funny you know you've obviously set the tone right as the point guard on offense yep. yeah you were chris paul and you've done it throughout your career and even now you're you're tight head so you're always setting the tone um so that's quite quite amazing why you always put a lot of pressure on yourself to have to deal with that because like what you would probably told depending on how you play it's going to affect the rest of the yeah. person you can kind of see that because of the positions you've gravitated to and have had to play yeah a question um i suppose just one little remark before you ask a question We've never had anyone that's been able to go across all different sports with different analogies in such yeah. an interesting way. It's yeah. pretty cool. Oh, thank you. You know, you've managed to kind of bring up a blindside move and then bring it down to making a pass off a of basketball, so it's kind of neat. What does high performance mean to you, Lindsay? High performance means that you're given every opportunity. So every 
available asset to you to reach and continue to try and strive for the highest performance that your body can give and the body as physios know that it's so adaptable and it's fascinating in how it can even now um i suppose one comment from the world cup of 2017 i think it was um possibly the australian or the english one of their their backroom team for their forwards said oh you're you're number one it was me it's time have a she's a big engine and you'd probably think oh yeah it was all this, the conditioning we did but you don't forget you forget that all the 646s and the suicides you did and the constant anaerobic work you did with basketball yeah. or the 100 meter runs that you're doing in for time for inter-county football and it stands to you and you're trying to adapt that and because I was immersed in whatever level of high performance was available available to me at that time it stood to me um, so it is about getting walk bikes or assault bikes getting a good gym with all the equipment getting the best nutrition getting the best in C, getting the best coach even psychologists you know, I worked with Liam Morgan with Dublin and he yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. I'm an extremely visual person, so I like to see videos or go over if we went over the, you know, Australia versus New Zealand and I'm looking or I'm looking at Ty Furlong to see what he does for Leinster and mm. I can see that and now I can now play it in the game when I'm there and oh I watched that last week now Ty you know he's now at the point and or he's gone in as the nine because the nines have to rook. Yeah. You know, you always have to be ready to be adaptable. So high performance is just getting every asset available to you to make sure again you're striving to be the perfect version of yourself. And the thing about it is we're never going to reach perfection, but if you continually strive for it, you're going to be better than you were last week yeah. or the week before or the previous training. Um, and it goes across every every facet of your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and again, it it it's a long time coming for me because I've had to learn. And I have to be adaptable, and I and now being the age I am and having injury and load and everything like that, now I have to be a different version of me, which I find extremely difficult. So, yeah, does it make sense for Lindsay to make every training session? Am I going to get stronger? No, I have to now be in. You know, and now is injury prevention and keeping fresh. Yeah, you know, Definitely. and that's I find that yeah very yeah. hard because now I feel like I'm not matching my teammates and I'm not yeah. doing everything I can but so now it's now again back to the intelligence yeah do I work smartly and efficiently when I'm training so I can play or do I over exert myself risk the injury and what I had last year with the bulging disc and not listen to my body yeah so all with old age brings them um, different <laughs> conundrums work, work smarter not harder yeah that's the way if something happens in a game yeah any sports doesn't quite go according to plan so you've made some sort of an error how do you correct yourself and how do you not let it influence the rest of the game do you have any little technique that you use to just kind of snap yourself back out of it and refocus i try and do something positive really quickly but again you're in that mindset of not trying to force the game yeah force your position or anything like that so and i'm very one who again i'll go back to basketball days where one thing had happened and Lindsay being in her own head, continually thinking about the thing that just happened and the game's passing her by. Yeah. And that is one of the biggest things for the athletes. And it's, again, you have to be narcissistic and selfish. Um, selfish to an extent. Yeah, you have to take what you did and it was wrong. But you have to park it till after the game because you can't learn right there and then. You have a game to play and you've still a job to do. And 
now I try and yeah give myself a hard time and sometimes I've great people around me that I'll say Lindsay just the next ball yeah and even like I am probably a very tough I'm, I'm a tough character to play because I'm nearly like multiple personalities the Lindsay that's on a pitch or a court is very different to the Lindsay that's here now like I'm worried now about after upsetting someone last night, whereas last night I probably didn't give a, a who who I upset because yeah. it was about Lindsay and Lindsay getting better. Yeah. So um, I have certain people who will who will know by me and sort of try and help me along and, and reassure me. Now there's other players who might say something to me and they might get growled at, and that's again just the unpredictability of me. Yeah. Some players for some reason, as I probably do to them, when you're in that. Like, and I used to say this about Aswell, there's probably a couple of seconds after the mistake has happened, don't talk to me. Because I'm already giving myself a hard time. You come in, you might say something, being very, you know, trying to be very positive and behind me, but I'm, I may not take that because I'm now, yeah. you know, there's a glare over me and I'm not thinking rationally. So, um, yeah, the complexities of the piece. Um, so I try now, being the more mature version of me, try and do something positive or try and negate the neg you know the mistake that's just happened by making a good tackle or because sometimes you will last week against Connacht I didn't feel I was in the game defensively I made some good you know tackles some good carries but nothing amazing on any level and you might get a game where you're playing really well on defense but really you know just pass the ball on attack because it's just not happening for you and you will have games like that um, you'll have games like you're in the flow and everything you touch is turning to gold. Um, they're few and far between and they're heaven and they you know they etch in your memory for a lifelong. But again, you're in a team sport, so unless that flow is happening for you and affecting the team on a much more positive level, which thankfully would be Iceland that day, so it's nice to bring up, but there's no point in bringing up two goals against Cork because we lost. So, yeah. you know, it's um, it's just about getting... If I have any advice to young players, park your mistake. It's a mistake. That's how you learn. Try not do it again. That'll be the positive outcome of that. Yeah. But try and do something, you know. So if you're attacking for your inter-county team, Dublin are playing against Cork and there's a turnover. Well, break your backside back to try and like put the player off or try to force their turnover or the next time you make sure you win that ball yeah. and do something positive to negate it. So we used to do a great thing. You probably did this with basketball day. We used to have um, your efficiency level. So if you had a turnover, you'd get a point system. But if you did a positive, if you scored, if you gave a, an assist, rebound, right. a rebound. So these were all positive scores. And then you'd have your minus of your um, your negative. And then you'd come out with a plus or a minus. Efficiency rating, yeah. And I thought the efficiency rating is excellent because you're never not going to mistake, make a mistake in games if you're fully playing. Because yeah. if you don't put yourself forward, you're never going to make a mistake. Just put yourself out there and try, try and do something. But... So that's where I really like that scoring system because sometimes we're always like, oh, turnover, turnover. So the efficiency level, once you're in a plus, maybe say, yeah, good, I made mistakes. But, but I, six I did. assists. Exactly. So you're, good, you're plus four. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that's what I, I loved about that. It was it was rational because games, that's what game, what, is it always going to go to plan? Life doesn't go to plan. Yeah. You know, games don't go to plan, sport doesn't go to plan, and especially elite level sport doesn't go to plan. Yeah. So you need to know that as a player you're doing more of the right things than as such the wrong things yeah. nice. is the red miss wouldn't want to come across this on a four ball in golf no definitely <laughs> don't bring up golf <laughs> um, before we wrap up Lindsay do you Barra is going out today in a couple of minutes so yeah. big world yeah, you're three Barra 
and I have a little two-year-old at home, if you're giving these little guys a life lesson, that even Connor and myself for a little older can take from today, yeah. considering what you've been through, what life lesson would you give Michael, Dara, Connor and myself? Something to take from. Um, I suppose now as a parent, um, live life with your kids, live in the moment and be that positive impact for them. Um, I don't know whether this little guy will, will play sport, but I know for a fact that he goes to sport and he has nothing but positive memories of it. Yeah. I know that last week he's out on the pitch with me post-match and we're doing tackling work and he's there's nothing but laughter. Um, that's where sport has given me life lessons that, like I said, life won't go to plan. There will be tough times. There will be good times. Um, so life lesson is immerse yourself in great people with like minds ways as yourself the world can be a scary place um there's enough negative out there um always be happy immerse yourself with good people who make you happy and, and have your back and yeah try everything in life yeah try everything this guy starting gymnastics in september so's my guy yeah yeah first time we're a bit, we're a bit anxious about it yeah, yeah it's anxious never but done before but yeah go you look it. at the smile on his face and you know it's something new for them it's new friends and yeah it's a scary it's funny isn't it it's scary parts of parents like oh my god they're growing up so much and and you know that you know what the possible outcomes are yeah, yeah. don't think about the possible outcomes in life yeah. just live in the moment do what makes you happy Immerse yourself with good people and never be afraid to take a chance to make a mistake. You mightn't regret it. I have one final one. On. Cutting across you there, David, sorry. Um, you spoke back at the start of the interview about when you started new sports and yeah. you would look up, so you'd obviously look at yourself first and then, but you'd also look up to other people yeah. and try and model your game on them. So let's say for argument's sake, we've got a young girl who's starting basketball, soccer, Gaelic or, or rugby. Yeah. And they're starting the sport for the first time and they go, I want to model myself on Lindsay Pete. What do you stand for? What's your legacy as a player with these teams? Never join a team unless you're going to give all of yourself. And that's, again, the positive of you and the negative of you. Because like anyone in life, if people are going to love you and have your back, they love all of you because you're never going to be perfect. So if you're going to give all of yourself, never give up never say die and it's never over till the final whistle so you're gonna have tough times starting off because you're only new yeah. you can only anytime i'm coaching the only two rules i have is never give up and never tell me you can't do anything because you'll always be better than the previous training session than the previous match you'll always even though it mightn't be that physical you might have only improved one percent but you'll see down the line you'll always be developing into a better version of yourself so whether it's sport or life just keep plugging away. And if you have to make changes and it's not putting a smile on your face or you don't think it's for you, and I do live by this, the sport is for everyone. It mightn't be that um, cold, but there's definitely something for you with people of like-mindedness. Um, and I've been very privileged and very lucky in all of my sporting teams that I have had like-minded, solid people who've had my back and have brought something to me. And don't be afraid to say, wow, she's, at something can I look myself and make those changes because people look at you and make those changes so um, I'm not the most skillful but I suppose I was brave I wasn't afraid to try something new and I never gave up and I hope that has come across in my career 
Um, and that's really any that's the advice I can give to anybody. I'm glad you cut across me there. <laughs> Lindsay, Pete, you've been someone that's had to learn to pass forward a lot, yes. but also now pass back a little bit. So you've had to learn different skills. You obviously have a fire deep within your belly that's driven you to the person you are today as an athlete and also as a, as a mother and as a, as a wife. And you really are the epitome of a number one. You know, you can see that from point point guard position, leading five pairs on court as well as the twelve that could be there, right the way through to what you're doing on the rugby field. So, we've learned a lot. You've distilled a lot of great gems for young athletes, male and female, to take from this today. So, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. And Barra, have a great day, and I hope you took on board what your mummy said to you. So, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, a million guys. Thanks. Thanks.